Hello, welcome to 360 Yourself, the podcast show centered around self-awareness and improvement. I'm Jamie Neal, host of 360 Yourself. So, a little bit of information of how the podcast came about. In 2014, I had a breakdown and was hospitalized. Too much work, too much anxiety, too much coffee, and not enough self-care. In the hospital, lying there with my thoughts, I had to rethink my entire way of life. The doctor said I was overworked and my body just gave up. Now, I'm not gonna say it wasn't scary, but it was a bit of a turning point for me. From there, I started to rebuild myself, reading hundreds of self-help books and questioning everything from, why do we have triggers? Why do we have egos? What is manifesting and what is identity? Many years later, someone recommended that I start a podcast because I've always been interested about how others lead their lives. And thus, 360 Yourself was born, interviewing incredible minds about how they understand themselves and how they utilize their knowledge and awareness to set out into their space. 360 Yourself is a dedicated podcast meeting brilliant and curious minds and looking at the world around them. I speak to artists, musicians, sports athletes, authors, CEOs, and experts in human behaviors, released every Sunday at 12 p.m. I ask questions about their mindset, journey, values, and ethos to fully understand how each of their minds work. How can we become more of ourselves to grow to the ultimate person we know we can be? If you do enjoy the episodes that you're listening to, please visit our Instagram page at 360 underscore yourself to let us know what you like and how you're learning. Or you can email us jamie at 360yourself.co.uk. That's jamie at 360yourself.co.uk. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, five, five, six, seven o'clock. Welcome back to 360 Yourself. I hope that little jingle got you in the spirits for a Sunday with your morning coffee, your tea, you've done your meditation, you did a mindfulness, whatever you've done to get yourself into the groove for another brilliant episode with me today, Jamie Neal. So, today... We're talking about body positivity. It's it's a big subject, subject, right? It is a massive subject, and it's we're talking about it a lot in society, and also the conversation on mental health and the way that we view ourselves is a massive conversation, right? And it's only getting worse over the years, and we need to address these these conversations, making sure that we are mentally putting ourselves in the right state to look at ourselves in the mirror and go, damn, you look great. You look great. And why I love this conversation today on this episode with Trina is that she is pushing the mold. She is going, I don't see myself in the spaces that I'm occupying. And I love entrepreneurs and I love people who go, I want to see more of that. And that's when beautiful, brilliant minds come together or They basically plan and make something original. Whether that is going, I don't see a TV show like Breaking Bad or I don't see a product like this in the market. I'm going to make it. And the brilliant thing about Trina, she is making a statement. She is basically a triumphant leader discussing everything about body positivity with her company, The Curve catwalk now what a revolutionary amazing space for people just to get up and move doesn't matter what shape size age whatever you are you want to feel good and it is scientifically proven 
that dance and movement helps with libido, helps with happiness, helps with everything. That's why you see everyone around the world when they're dancing, they're always smiling. There is no, there's not, it's not even possible to dance and not smile. Like I will put it to the judge, whoever the jury is, the court is, there is no one who dances who doesn't feel good after they dance. And so I bring you today with this amazing episode with Trina Nicole talking about body positivity, moving, dancing, and also being a Nike ambassador of women. Please, please, please enjoy this episode and soak it all in. I give you Trina. Hey, Trina, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Good. Welcome to 360 Yourself here on a Monday morning, 9am. Oh, it's the sun shining. We're, we're having a good, great time already. Um, so t- I always love to ask my guests, where are you in the world right now? So right now I am in the very sunny East London. Oh, amazing. <laughs> where I was born and raised. So, yeah. Brilliant. I would love someone one day to be like, I'm in Africa or I'm in right. like New Zealand or I'm in like the Alps or like I'd <laughs> love someone to be so random and be like, I'm so far now. i like, oh, great. You're over there talking to me from here. Um, yeah, I'm just in boring East London, I'm afraid. No, I've, I've not yet had someone from Australia just yet because I think the time difference. I remember trying to trying to organize time uh, like a, a Zoom call with someone one time and I couldn't figure out the time zone. I was like, I am so confused. I don't know how to do this. Yeah, that's a big that's a big time difference. I think that'd be quite difficult. But it's, yeah, it's like a day and a half difference. It's literally a day and a half. Like they're technically in the future. That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> So um, I want to say thank you so much for coming on 360 Yourself. I Again, I'm a massive fan of yours. When when I was uh, doing my research, I was like, wow, you do a lot and you do it so well. And you're also inspiring so many people. So I'm, I was like, she has, she has to come on the show. She has to come on the show. Um, and we have to talk about everything that we're working on. Um, but before we talk about what you're working on at this moment, let's go back. So how did it all start? Did your parents involved in dance and the arts? Like, how did it go? Yeah, I think if we're going all the way back, I mean, I was always kind of, I was actually quite sporty being like younger into dance, football, swimming, badminton. I was very much, you know, in school, I used to do a lot of performing arts. So I think mm-hmm. um, in terms of my confidence, I always had that a certain good, pretty good level of confidence doing performing arts, singing, dancing and acting. And I've been doing that throughout my childhood in school, even up to like A level GCSEs, I was doing drama and things like that. Yeah. Um, and so that's maybe from like an academic point of view, doing performing arts. But I guess just in terms of my lifestyle as a mm. young child, um, I guess my family, there was always music in my household. There was always like people dance. I was just always around people dancing and music. What, and just what type of music of was in your house? Because I could, I'll tell you what type of music was in my house. <laughs> Oh, in my house was either reggae, like lovers rock music, maybe R and B, soca, wow. a lot of like Caribbean influences. I had total opposite experience. I had the Osmonds. I had the Osmonds oh, okay. and and Le Miserable. <laughs> very, very different. They're very different, but I also <laughs> I feel like 
the I mean that's such a great question because I feel like that speaks a lot to my my experience right so sure. it's always you know just that upbeat music just that kind of joyful music and I think another thing that contributes if we're talking about like my childhood is that um every single year we would go to Notting Hill Carnival and oh, you know right me here, being yeah. having a Caribbean heritage from St Lucia Dominica in the Caribbean we yeah. would go to the carnival every year and that was something I would go from the age of two years old, you know, oh, wow. in costume. I've, I've only been once or twice and it's quite a lot. I mean, there's a it's lot. A of lot. And I yeah, tried. And I tried yeah, yeah I, tr- I tried to escape one time, like halfway through the day. And it look, I just, you couldn't get any buses. You just yeah. can't get out of there. You should just. So basically, I, next time I'm going to stay for the entire day. Yeah, um, you have to stay for the day. You, yeah. It is exhausting, and it's two days as well. So on Sunday they have the Children's Day. So back then it was definitely Children's Day. Maybe now not so much. No. And then on Monday you had the Adults Day. So on Sunday, you know, I'll be there with my sibling, my cousins, dressed in costume, and we'll just have a great time. And I looked forward to that every single year. Um, and I'm just highlighting that part because I do think that definitely contributes to things that I've gone on to do later of on. Of course. I, I, I always think about my friends who live in Notton Hill and how entrepreneurial they must be with like their bottles of water and selling and their stalls, toilets and stuff and stores. I, I would. So I think my, my friend made a, a pretty big bank selling bottled waters outside yeah. of his like porch garden thing. I'm like, what a great idea. Because people buy and pay five pounds for a bottle of water. Absolutely. I mean, it used to be like one pound for the toilet. Now it's like five pounds to use and the toilet. Because cool, there's no else to go. Like, where, where do you go? Yeah. So you just pay for it. It's definitely a whole experience. What I would say about my Notting Hill um, carnival experience is that I, I go with a band. So I go with one of the floats, the trucks that have the music and they have their own band. Yeah. So it's definitely a different experience than when you just like go down there by yourself. You know? Oh my God, I'll and go with of... you next time then. I'll <laughs> yeah, yeah, go with yeah, you on the band. <laughs> Oh my god. And so and so and so how did that then the trajectory I'm assuming like 18 19 20 years obviously when you then start well most people start kind of considering doing it professionally whether whatever it may be university or going into it straight away with your actor or whatever did that sort of happen to you at sort of 18 19 20 or did you was your late bloomer was your early bloomer how did that, that kind of go about yeah, I mean, that's definitely the opposite of my experience. Um, <laughs> I actually stopped all forms of sport by like the age of, I would say like 11. So I stopped dancing. I stopped everything, swimming, badminton. Uh-huh. Um, and I think because I was so, I was just so self-conscious about my body. I was at that, you know, puberty age where things are changing and things are developing. And I was so self-conscious. Uh Um, and I had a lot of like body image issues as a lot of young girls do at this age to be fair it hasn't really changed much Uh there's a really high percentage of like dropout rates with like young girls in sport and I was one of those girls Um, so to be honest I didn't do I wasn't dancing performing anything from yeah the age of like 11 12 all the way up until like 25 like it was yes yes till 25 I stopped everything. I stopped everything. I no. pursued a career. I pursued a career in television production. Um, so I was working behind the scenes. So I was still kind of so you're still involved in the art. Yeah, you're still involved in the, the art, art kind yeah, of. Yeah. I mean, I'll do more logistical stuff, but anyway, that's another conversation. That's crazy. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And you, and you, you, did, you didn't did you and go to any no dance classes like pineapple? You know, of no. people go to pineapple or dance space or whatever. You, you didn't go to any of that like at twenty twenty one just to go for just fun or. 
absolutely nothing and this is sometimes what people don't understand it's like it's it's a journey it is a journey I mean it took me like I've just explained years to really feel comfortable in myself to step it's a big thing you know like stepping into those spaces feeling like all eyes are on you especially It's Especially, true. I mean, in general, I'm sure everybody can relate yeah. to that in I, some capacity. I, w- I went to a ballet school, so, so I know. I went, right, I went right. to one there. And so I and I know it's obviously very different, but I know the feeling of everyone's looking at you. And it is very, obviously going to ballet school um, back, right. way back in the day. It's like you're so in that mentality of like you, like your diet is everything. And yep. the way that you, How you look, look is everything is... You're right. But I, but exactly. I think, I think, I think more in the classical form, it's very, very much like that. More, more so than sort of the the modern, the modern contemporary yeah. and jazz and tap and that sort of thing. But ballet is very, very like. So I, I can understand because of my yeah. headspace was like that, like like sixteen, seventeen. Because I know. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Those cl- uh, more like classical forms, absolutely. Mm. But still with the modern forms. And I guess society plays a, plays a part in that, right, as well, like how you look and showing up in those spaces. So I really think that speaks a lot to my experience. I was always a bigger girl. Um, so naturally going into those experiences, going, going into those spaces, I didn't see, there was no one that looked like me. So straight away, like everyone's going to feel maybe self-conscious in some way, but straight away I stick out like a sore thumb and these spaces are just like, I don't see anyone that looks like me. I feel ostracized from these spaces already. I don't feel welcomed. Um, so I avoided them at all costs. Mm. until yeah years later um there was kind of like a turning point there's always something that kind of so did you did you see it in the in the sort of social sphere or marketing whatever it when you were 25 that that made you well it was sort of shifting that made you go oh i'm gonna step back in now because i i i've i've seen it over the last decade across different things people being multi-hyphenates and different genres jumping into different genres and stuff like you can so see and I, I never understand what what sparks it but I'm sure you must have been able to see it been 25 to rethink about your entry into kind of the arts mm, I think because the reason why I would say no for my own experience and my journey is because I never actually got back into that desire of being a performer so mm-hmm. it was never actually a desire of me of, yes, I want to dance on stage with Lizzo and I want to be a performer. Like that wasn't my driving force. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why that never sort of came back into, that never was like, yeah, my driving force of why mm-hmm. I was doing what I was doing. It wasn't really the performance element of it mm-hmm. that um, was the thing. It was more just my love for it and my passion for it and right. how it made me feel as opposed to I want to be center stage. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah, which yeah. kind of makes the story even more beautiful for me, anyway. Really, because that wasn't the goal, but it's kind of yeah happened in such an amazing way. Yeah, and then and then so then fast forward a tiny bit, <laughs> then you become the founder of Curve Catwalk. So tell me, I'm from twenty five, how did that happen? Then <laughs> you not doing it? Right, right. I'm just gonna do it for me, and then suddenly you then got this company. Right, right. So that pivotal moment that I was talking about was actually when I had a bereavement in the family um, and my uncle passed away. And from that moment, grief kind of does things to you, right? You can kind of either go one way or the other way. And for me, I was actually inspired by his life and his the legacy that he left. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the kind of the catalyst for me when I was thinking, 
you know, you start thinking life's too short. Why aren't, why don't I do the things that I really enjoy? Exactly. Dance being one of dance being one of them. Like I love dancing. I go carnival every year. When I'm with my friends, I'm the first person on the dance floor. Me too. But I don't. Me too. Right, every, every wedding, everything. I'm very, I'm very forward and very confident. So I'm like, I'll just go and just do, do it. Yeah, just and just, get everyone it just floor. makes me feel so good. And I was that person. I was the party starter for sure. And I was just like, why don't I do these things anymore? So on one hand, I was thinking, why don't I do the things I enjoy? Why am I actually delaying joy? Because at this point, my mind's thinking life's too short. Anything can happen. I've uh-huh. just had a bereavement in the family. Stop delaying joy. Do the things that you love. Yeah. And then on the third, the third thing was kind of just like, um, yeah, the time is now. What leg? And also, what legacy do I want to leave? Because then I started yeah. thinking about all these kind of stuff. Like, so many people were saying incredible things about my uncle and his life. And I, what, what do I want people to say about me? I know it's quite deep, but I genuinely was thinking that. Yeah. What legacy do I want to leave? And that was the catalyst, really. I was like, I'm going to do the things that I love. Dance being one of them. I want to go back into these spaces. I'm finally going to step into these dance classes. It took me so much courage to do that. And I was just met with like backhanded comments, people being shocked that I could dance. Again, still not seeing anyone that looked like me in those spaces, not really feeling welcomed in those spaces, even just down to people, the the teacher just introducing themselves who they are. Like it was just so weird for me. And I was like, this is not what I thought it would be. Because on one hand, I know how much I love dance and how much, how great it makes me feel, but I'm Mm -hmm. in these spaces that are actually making me shrink myself. I'm hiding at the back. I don't really want to move my body too much. And I know that's not me. So it was so frustrating that I actually went on to um, create my own space. It was built out of frustration. I wanted to dance. I wanted to move freely. I wanted to feel that same joy and excitement and energy that I get at carnival and with my family and on the dance floor with my friends. And when I was going to these dance classes, I didn't feel like that at all. And I was like, I know dance makes me feel good. Why do I, I not feel good in these I spaces? Think, I, I think because some of these groups or some of these classes can be very clicky, um, mm-hmm. which is I, which I know because I was part of them back in the early days. Yeah. And um, and and I think I think with anything that is not of the norm or anything that is slightly uh, changes the sort of the dynamics, like. I think anyone in any in any scenario, anyone, everyone or someone goes off and does their own thing. And then that becomes the cool it thing. And then everyone's like, oh, my yeah. God. Well, why did it? And, and it happens with like with drag and it happens with like voguing and everything and breakdancing and whatever. I mean, it happens. And it, I'm sure it happens must be in, in entre- entrepreneurial companies as well. Like this, this is happening over here. So I'm just going to do this other thing over here. And yeah, that's yeah. what and that's what innovation and growth is in, in this yeah. eco- in this economy. It's, it's important to be able to go off and do your own thing. And it's so important. It's just interesting that it was my my driving force was that frustration as opposed to I want to have my own business. I want to be an entrepreneur. Like I never even thought of it as a business, actually. It was just I never sat down, did a business plan. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to achieve. It genuinely was like, I just really want this space. And instead of I could have used my energy to just be like, oh, I'm not going to go to these dance classes anymore. I hate it here. Or I just felt to myself I could use that energy in creating something that I wish existed. Like I mm. wish I had the space where I felt comfortable and mm. and I put my energy into that. And it was 
out of frustration and it was just fun it was a hobby I was working at the time I was still working in tv production and you know and it was just something on the side that I thought it would be fun to do with me and my friends and really for myself actually to be to be honest it was for, for myself um and it kind of grew from there mm-hmm. I think I think this is also a learning curve for a lot of people as well like to create things that you want in the space which is which is a reference to so many TV shows, so many films, so many companies that there isn't that voice or there isn't that thing there. And so what generally sometimes happens is the learning curve is that people will then create something similar to what's already happening in the market, yeah. um, whether that is like, oh, paranormal activity. So I'm going to write a show like paranormal activity rather right. than going, I really want a show like this because this is what I want to watch. Right. right. And then when you take that route and you go, well, I really want a, I really want a company like that. Or I really want a dance class like that, like rollerblading slash going doing tap at the same time, whatever that might be. <laughs> then, then, it, then it becomes really successful because it's like, it's yeah. your taste. It's like, that's what I, that's what is not there. So I'm yeah. going to create it. And then everyone goes, oh, my God, yeah, this is great. But but you have to go through that journey of going, of sort of mimicking potentially what's in the market and then go, actually, mm-hmm. I'm just going to create what's not there, which I want exactly. to say. Yeah, and I think quite a big um, like success of the Curve Catwalk was me taking those lessons of what I didn't like and yes. then doing the opposite, right? So when I was going to these classes and simple things like I mentioned earlier of somebody not even introducing themselves in this in my classes now every class you come to the the instructor or me is introducing themselves we have a moment where it's like go and say hi to somebody in the room because these are the things I hated what so so like no one talking to me so I I implemented them they they didn't they didn't introduce themselves in classes no no like it was just all right let's get a warm-up you just kind of think like oh it's my first time I'm already nervous no one spoke to me no one's even acknowledged me in the room oh right feels yeah, very yeah. like you know i think because i think potentially because sometimes people have like names or they have like regular people so that's why they're just like don't need to introduce because it's all just regulars yeah but sometimes yeah. you know because even me when i train my instructors now i'm like even if you do have you know and this is this is what i'm trying to say from those experiences i it's helped me to create my business because now yeah, like part yeah. of my training process with my instructors when I'm just like there could be 10 people in the room that you know and that one person that you don't know that one person is the yeah. priority you know yeah yeah for sure so um yeah and then and then from there then how did that collaboration with Nike come involved because I was so, saying before um, I was saying before the podcast how much I love Nike and how much I'm I, I love working with them and then that like, one of the best companies and what they stand for is incredible so I how did that come about yeah, so interesting. Well, first thing, they've always been on my vision board out of all the brands. Like, that was the brand I was like, I feel more aligned with their brand. And they had their plus size mannequin in their store. And like, I just knew that they were just moving towards like more inclusivity where possible. Um, and they actually reached out to me. And I think how that happened was I, the marketing of the Curve Catwalk was very much, you know, marketed as this dance class for plus size women, curvy women, full figure women that feel ostracized in the dance and fitness space. And that hasn't really been created in the UK. I feel like I was really bold enough to say that this is what it is and this is who it's for. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how it grew so quickly and drew, because people then could identify and be like, this is the space for me. And because that hadn't really happened before, I think that's how it kind of got their attention very quickly. And one of the people that got their attention of was Nike. So they approached me 
about this community that I had built. It was more focused on the community that I had built because at the time they were doing a lot of work with like grassroots communities and looking at how they can support communities in the dance and fitness space. So, and, was, and was this before they sort of launched the Nike Women Dance Department led by Paris Cabal? Oh, yeah, that, yeah. It, this, this hadn't even existed yet. They they didn't even have a dance department. At oh, the time. really? Interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so they were, this is a, they were sort of... Because they're, they're very... Before, they're very forward thinking, Nike, and they they yeah. do the, they do the sort of work first, and then they got this thing right. in like five years time, wherever it is, and then they're like, right, okay, now right. which obviously I had no idea of. They actually approached me in beginning of twenty twenty, and oh, I got really? really really excited, and yeah. then lockdown happened, and then everything had to stop, as we know, yeah, and yeah. then you know, and that went on for so long that I just thought, oh my gosh, the opportunity's gone, like nothing's gonna happen now. And then they came back in 2021 with this, uh, you know, the dance division that they're launching with Nike. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And they they wanted me to be involved in it. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so and, timing and- was. I, I I'm I'm curious as well. The people that the, the attendees of your of your classes uh, is the is the aim is it is the aim to sort of train people to sort of go into the industry? Or is it just more like just people who just want to have a good time and have fun, and they might be doing like accounting and whatever they just want to have a good time and coming out like what kind of it is it aimed for like the type of people yeah so the curved catwalk is not for performance it's not for training it's actually the latter of what you said so it's genuinely for people to have a space to dance to feel good in that hour hour and a half um out of their life maybe it's accounting maybe it is who knows being a teacher mm-hmm. people from all walks of background just to have a space where they can feel good you know in their body and just have a genuinely inclusive space mm-hmm. um because even now I go to dance classes and I'm still just like yeah that's pretty much how I left it <laughs> so it's nice it hasn't changed have a, it hasn't <laughs> changed much it hasn't changed much so being in a space where you know I'm a plus size woman teaching I have another I have other plus size teachers as well and then to have people in the room who are all different shapes and sizes I think that's something that I'm really really proud of yeah and it's very similar to there's another um uh, movement um a kind of expert called Ryan Heffington um which he does this thing called sweat but I think it's called the sweat box and it's just like okay. it's aimed at everyone and in and COVID um he would just sort of like get everyone moving like children men women whoever it was like who were lawyers or whatever and they would and he he had this mass following and his classes are very similar as well he's just like just express it's it's the movements are very like um just very simple but it's just like yeah. you just want to get your body moving it gets you and, going and, yeah and it's all it's just, but the sense of expression rather than yeah. showing shapes or anything it's just like whatever yeah. that movement is like if it's a flick of the hands is a flick of the hands that's what it exactly. is exactly exactly and i think that that then allows people, it removes this um, feeling of um, like perfection, needing to be perfect in the class or being super, super technical. People just want to move their body and have fun yeah. at the same time. And I, and and I what, think yeah. there's so much pressure in life, though, I think, to, uh, echoing what you're saying, the word perfection. I think that's something that everyone is going through, in either in therapy or with the self-help or self-care, is like we're trying to like figure out the perfect way of life. And there's so, obviously there's so many... Um, uh, motivational speakers and people writing about what is the perfection and social media has got to this point where like we're like looking always outwards and stuff yeah. and so it's great that you're creating a space that just you don't need to be perfect you get yeah. the frustration of like life sometimes you just need to get <coughs> out in a dance class 
Exactly, exactly. And that's, to be honest, what you've just said, that's the feedback that I got from the beginning. From the beginning of when I started the Curve Catwalk, so many people said how refreshing it was, how much they just loved just just having fun and not having any pressure or it not being too difficult. And, and so I then ran with that because that's the feedback I was getting. I was also getting feedback that was just like, how people were able these women were able to like really connect with their body again some of them were like new mums who wanted just to really be able to connect with their body some people with you know going through situations with their mental health and it was so nice to be in a space where they could just like zone out for a minute so I was getting all the feedback from people which really encouraged me to like actually take this a bit more seriously take this further because if you remember I said at the beginning I just it was just a bit of fun for me and it was actually a space that I wanted then I started realizing that actually in turn I'm really helping other people and that was the the thing that kept me going so what's the future then for the company if you've done your business plan what 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 would you like what's your vision what would you like to see and how would you like to take it I think I'm definitely at a place where I want to train more people to teach and deliver these classes because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just me. It's, it's quite a lot at the moment and the demand is there. So definitely scaling it in that way. And also to do a lot more work with, I think, the younger generation, young girls um, and doing some really impactful work through dance, through movement, but also around like body confidence, body image. Because going back to my story, I know I was that teenage girl who, you know, stopped all forms of sport and felt really insecure about my body. And I know how that affected me in my life. So I would really love to do a lot of work around that with um, the younger generation. Awesome. Well, I think you're doing what such a wonderful job, though. And, and, and everyone should be focusing on the younger generation. And if you can train them, you can train their minds, then you're building a better future, of course. Absolutely. Um, and then and then cut to which we which I have to obviously mention is Lizzo. Um, because <laughs> I I see. So I only found out kind of Lizzo maybe the last two years. Mm. Um, she sort of just like sprang for me personally. I'm sure I'm sure many people knew her way before but she just sort of sprang out of nowhere um right. into the into the scene and i i just think she's absolutely incredible i love how raw and like how vulnerable and honest she is um mm-hmm. so tell me that experience and how that happened and also like she mu- there must be so many similarities in terms of goals and missions as well with her right right so the first um I've performed with her a few times, but the first time was actually in Glastonbury in 2019. And that came about with her team reaching out to me on Instagram. And I thought, is this a joke? Like literally just in my DMs, like, hey, we have this Lizzo performing at Glastonbury. And I knew who Lizzo was. But at the time, I remember like telling my parents, telling my friends and everyone was like, who's Lizzo? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did. I Yeah, only the last two years, I sort of knew who she was. And it was crazy because no one is like people in my circle, should I say, didn't know who she was. Yeah. But because of her message and because of what she stood for, I was aware of who she was because I'm very much kind of in that world, like yeah. body confidence and body positivity. So I was very aware of her at the beginning. But yeah, it was just amazing that her team really reached out to me. And that that kind of showed me like the power of social media. Because we all know there's two sides of social media. Social media can be really negative and it can do really good and be really positive. So that's just a, an example of how the good it can do and the positive stuff that it can do because yeah, I was yeah. posting my videos at the time and posting what I'm doing and I kept on doing that. 
So I'm assuming that's how they found me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then it, it honestly just happened. They were just like, come down. We didn't have rehearsals. We had to freestyle on the stage. Oh, wow. Um, at Glastonbury. And it was just like such an amazing experience. And then more recently, again, uh, their team came back to me when she came back to London on her special tour, which was um, in um, this year, 2023. And I did the Brit Awards with her. But this time I did it with her her US dancers called the big girls so this was more you know structured there was a days of rehearsal um to perform at the Brit Awards and I was so nervous actually because like I said I'm I'm wasn't really um like in terms of being a performer like live on stage that's not really my background I'm in the class teaching and things like that so that was definitely a very different experience for me but I loved every second of it yeah, th- there needs to be more artists like her and also like Little Sims and like um who's that who's that other the guy who um oh the 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 guy who who originally sang with um Miley Cyrus's dad who's that that the guy oh his name r- r- rings Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, there needs to be more artists like that who are really, really pushing the boundaries of self-expression. Um, right. And I, I think the, the the days of like David Bowie, I imagine, because like, David Bowie was really forward fronting and really out yeah. there and really smart. And like you look at you listen to like um pod, uh, podcasts and or podcasts, I'm sorry, interviews um of him talking about the future. And you're just like that came about. Um, yeah. So it's artists like this who are really, really being a great platform for future yeah. of what we should be uh, uh, trying to attain in terms of like artistry and self-expression and and being and celebrating being different. Yeah, and that's what made it more special. I mean, being able to perform with an artist like Lizzo, of course, is amazing. Being able to perform in front of thousands like Glastonbury and the Brit Awards, but also like you're saying, who she is as a, as a person, what she stands for, that totally aligns with me and what I'm doing in life. And so it just made it that much more special that she's so genuine and cares about it. And even the fact that she came to London, she already had her dancers. So the fact that she actually took the time to get London dancers as well. I thought that was amazing. Like, I just thought she really is about the people and the representation. And yeah, it was just so great to be part of that. Definitely a highlight and a proud moment for me. Yeah, she's really blowing up, isn't she? Now, I think she had like a reality TV show or something I saw. Yeah. I, I think she won an, like an Emmy or I don't know, yeah, some, yeah. something like last year yeah, uh, or this year. It. Yeah, she's very, very good. <laughs> so as we as we wrap up the show, what I always love to ask my guests is the the give back. Um, now, what this give back is, is anyone who's listening that might just need a bit of inspiration or a go to place to find some inspiration. Um, mm. What would you give back maybe to your younger self or someone listening? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, one thing that I always say to myself and as I look back on my journey is how much like authenticity has been my superpower because Mm -hmm. that would be my gift back your your authentic self is your superpower I think I spent so many years of my life comparing myself trying to be like other people following other people's paths and actually when I just turned down the noise on the world and listened to my own inner voice and what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do and really honed in on that that's when everything blossomed and bloomed for me um, just being true to myself and being authentic. So that people, would be my give back. People can smell it though when you're not being authentic. And when you are right. being authentic, people gravitate towards it. They go, 
that energy is, is you and this is your unique selling point absolutely uh, and i would also bring that to business because people relate to people really so mm. through me my story and who i am i talk a lot about my story i think that also drew people to the curve catwalk and know what i'm about because they knew about me and they connected with me personally not just the brand and the business so yeah that also goes to business for sure that's starting a business <laughs> and and you've just and so you've just, you've just had a body confidence workshop with um the nike barcelona dance uh camp and then you also obviously do body confidence panel talks with uh the, this works is there any future workshops that you have coming up or even just let us know where your classes are so people can like get involved with you yeah, so my classes are currently at Gymbox, Elephant and Castle. As I said, I'm working on getting more teachers involved. So if that's something you're interested in, check out the Curve Catwalk website. And I am partnering with um, some brands doing some more work on body confidence, but I'm that annoying person that can't say who or what just yet. Course, but um, there is more, <laughs> there is more to come. And I will still definitely be working very closely with Nike. Of course. Can't can't let go of Nike. Nike is the best. <laughs> they are the best. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. You have been 360. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to our awesome guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our astonishing episodes released every Sunday at 12 p.m. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram for more discussions, education, and inspiration at 360 underscore yourself. The host, that's me, Jamie Neal, on Instagram at JamieNealJN. And once again, thank you for listening, and remember to 360 yourself.